Welcome to the Lexington Public Library's Tales from the Kentucky Room podcast, where we discuss everything Lexington and Fayette County history. I'm Miriam, and in each episode of this podcast, we will feature a guest that will share a piece of local history. So thank you for tuning in and enjoy. In the mid-19th century, Lexington would witness a devastating outbreak of the cholera. Not once, but twice. The first epidemic would come to the city of about 7,000 inhabitants in the summer of 1833, killing 500 people. The waterborne bacteria would seep into the city's water source, infecting the young and the old. Then again in 1849, an outbreak would affect cities in the state of Kentucky and many other states, and among those killed were former President James K. Polk and hundreds of people seeking gold in the rush of 1849. In tragedy, families are devastated by loss, and yet heroes emerge. We hope to highlight their stories and preserve a piece of Lexington history through this next series of podcasts. You will hear the stories of William King Solomon and Aunt Charlotte and the orphanage that emerged through the philanthropic efforts of Mariah Gratz, as well as the home of the friendless that would eventually become Ashland Terrace. As always, thank you for spending your time with us and listening. Hi everyone. Today we would like to welcome Nisa Hanna. She's from Ashland Terrace. She is the assistant director at Ashland Terrace Retirement Home for the past two years. She started there as an intern in 2013, performing various roles. She holds a bachelor's and master's degree in social work from the University of Kentucky. Welcome, Nisa. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to be here and talk more about our history. Awesome. So today you're going to talk to us a little bit about the history of Ashland Terrace Retirement Home. It is a historical home here in Lexington. So can you give us a little bit of the backstory of how Ashland Terrace... um, came to be. Right. So we've always been told um, in my entire time there Mm -hmm. that we came from the cholera epidemic of 1849 here in Lexington. So the second cholera epidemic. Yes, Yes, the second epidemic. So uh, we have various historical documents dating back, you know. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, let's look into it a little more, especially having people of knowledge around Mm -hmm. like Terry Foodie and things like that. Um, On your... On our board, yeah. So people that know about it around us, which helps out. (laughs) So doing some digging, I did find out that in 1836, property was sold by the Catholic Church to uh, three gentlemen. I know one's last name, Ford, Harney, and Kaiser. Okay. And they actually, at that time, remodeled it, from what I understand, and sold it to a woman named Catherine Marsh. Okay. And then one of our board members, another board member, let me know that she believes at that time period slaves were actually taught to be house slaves in this building. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like a training ward for slaves. Right, okay. right. And this is, of course, this is all happening on West Short Street. Yes, the first building. The okay. first building. Yeah. The first building we were in. Uh-huh. Um So um, at the time, I believe it was 80 West Short Street, uh-huh. but... As time went on, it's, you know, of course, there was renumbering. So we always call it 522 West Short is what we call it. So I'm going to just call it that for (laughs) ease sake there. I think 1901 is when they redid the numbers. So 522 West Short is where we started. 
And then there, then there's a gap. So 1845, Catherine Marsh bought the property. Okay. And in the 1848 tax list, it has her listed as living alone with two slaves. Okay. So from 1848 until about 1876, wow. we have a gap of no mentions in the paper, no, you know, no, no documents, nothing that we can find. Yeah. That so no, like tax records or census right. records or anything like that. And I mean, her, we could have always missed mm-hmm. some things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't. <laughs> um, it's just, you know, it just seems to be a gap there. Yeah. But in our, like I said, in our history, we've always been told 1849 cholera epidemic is what we stemmed from. Okay. We were for men, women, and children left destitute by the cholera epidemic. Okay. And I'm assuming maybe at that time there weren't that many people around just taking some notes on what was going on because yeah. a lot of people died. So yeah. I, I, that could have had something to do They were otherwise with it. preoccupied right. trying to survive yes. the cholera. So, yes. yes, yes. But I know it was very widespread and a lot of mm-hmm. names connected to our history were involved with the cholera epidemic. So. I see. I see. So who were some of the residents that were, you know, destitute and had to go to and stay at um, so, actually, do we know anybody? So we, we don't have any. Or? Yeah, we don't have any actual solid names. Mm-hmm. Whenever they were spoken about, it was more vague. Mm-hmm. It seems just it seemed to be. I would I would say majority would have been women um, that were either widows or yes. maybe weren't educated mm-hmm. or had a, a husband at the time and didn't know where to go. Maybe they lost their family. Yeah. And then also orphans, so mm-hmm. younger children that have lost families that would go there yeah. and just kind of be taken in is what we're thinking. But also, I don't know how that kind of interacts with slavery, which was a while back. But, yeah. So I don't know who was in the building necessarily. Exactly. So was it, you know, after maybe Catherine died, could she have died in the cholera epidemic? We mm-hmm. don't know. Mm-hmm. Could it, I don't know, former slaves stayed there? Could it have been an empty building for a while? While the, you know. Yeah. But what we've always been told from from people in our past mm-hmm. is that it was active during the time and they just took in people however they could. Okay. So how did it progress from being taking in people that, you know, were left destitute by the cholera to a retirement community that we know of today? Right. So um, how did that come about? Long history. Yeah. <laughs> so again, uh, in 1876 is when we start seeing the articles in the paper about the home of the friendless. Yes. So we were called the home of the friendless mm-hmm. and originally for men, women, and children, of course. Mm-hmm. And this, uh, there was an article published in January of 1876, actually, mm-hmm. that said, you know, this is what we do. It was mainly the goal was to help people find employment and support mm-hmm. themselves in the time. And then in February of 1876, so just a month later, they made a statement in the paper. I think it was the Lexington Daily Press was yes. the name of it then. Mm-hmm. They made a statement in the paper saying they would no longer take men on as residents. So they would only be able to be day boarders because of some incident that occurred where I don't know if there was a drunken man or mm-hmm. a mentally ill man that came in and like demanded to stay there and okay. it, it turned into a thing, you know. And <laughs> the um, controversy. Right. And then that's that's where I do know we only accepted women. Okay. So that is a big part of our history in the current day where we only have women. Okay. So uh, childless women. Right, yeah. right. And then there was another article in May or June of that year, 1876, mm-hmm. stating something about a wool mill, I think, that was near the area. I don't remember the brothers' names. It was brothers that owned it, I believe. Yeah. 
that women and girls would work at the wool mill at times. Okay. And I guess that would enhance what they're saying they were trying to do is help yeah. people find employment. Yeah. So as, as the years progressed, I believe it just ended up being older women. Okay. So no longer younger girls, um, of course, no men staying mm-hmm. there. And then at, at that time, at 522 West Short, at some point in history, we started, we were began to be called the old ladies' home. Okay. So it went from home of the friendless to the old ladies' home. Okay. So I'm assuming in the late 1890s, <laughs> that was an acceptable way to call it, you know. <laughs> um, so all older women there and still going about business as usual, taking care of older women. Mm-hmm. At this point, I do believe we were supported by the government and a lot of uh, private charity. Okay, so donations. Um, from what I understand, so, yeah. yeah. Um, so a lot, a lot of help, helping hands that went into that home. Oh. Um, and then um, also some mentions in the directories. I believe we were mentioned a lot of times with nothing to do with us, just that we had a, a firebox. I think is like when you would call for fires in the day, you could go out and there were every so often on mm-hmm. the streets, there was a firebox, I don't know if that's the correct term, in front of our building or near in front of our building. Oh, so I it would see. say at this location, there's a firebox. And whenever a fire was around there, it would say there was a fire. And mm-hmm. every time we were listed near that firebox. So that was kind of maybe okay. a point in the community where we were like, a go-to kind of spot. So people are like, oh, you mean the home of the friendless down there? You know? <laughs> um, so that's that's interesting to know that it was just near that. That's maybe why we were mentioned sometimes when we were never mentioned. Yeah, because um, you had that service or whatever right, in right. the building. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's very interesting. Yeah. Right. So um, as time kept going on, um, 1925, we moved to uh, West High Street. Okay. It was 710 West High, but it was actually two buildings mm-hmm. that were connected by a, um, I guess you'd say a ramp that mm-hmm. was covered. So like a little maybe breezeway? Or, right, yeah. right. Yeah. So it connected two homes, and it was called the Appleton Place or Appleton Residence. Mm-hmm. And we bought it at that point for like thirteen thousand five hundred dollars in nineteen twenty five. Sure, that's a good yeah. chunk of change, right? Back then. And the article that states the article, I think that article was in nineteen twenty five, of mm-hmm. course. It stated that we had twenty five to thirty residents that were, you know, capacity, mm-hmm. and that um, we were receiving money from the welfare league in Lexington and also from the government, and it's it stated like various amounts, like three thousand and. Mm-hmm. This and that, um, and a lot of again public donation yeah. that it mentioned. Yeah. So we went there, and we were known always in that building as the old ladies' home. Okay. We actually became incorporated that year in 1925. Okay. So lived there, kept living there. Mm-hmm. I think always had 25 to 30, you know, capacity. I don't know if we stayed full or not. Yeah. Um, but we do have a lot of old board meeting notes where they talk about buying and we were going to buy, buy a spool of yarn and this and that, like very small things compared yeah. to today. To but keep int- the ladies busy. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, history keeps progressing um, and they made plans to move to a different location on South Ashland Avenue where we are currently. Okay. And that location, um, we moved there in 1960, but I believe... It was in the works for a few years before we actually moved there. Yeah. So 1960, we moved there, and that's where we're at today. It originally had, I believe, capacity for 24 residents, and they had, like, a, a director that would live there, and they had, like, a nurse, which we don't have now. They had a nurse that would live there, and I think there was lodging for three other people because capacity was 24. 
again there until until today. But in the 1970s, I think it was 73 or so, the ladies decided they did not like the name The Old Ladies Home anymore. And <laughs> I they, don't blame them. Right, yes, I, I don't either. <laughs> I don't even like calling older people elderly. So <laughs> that's when we changed it was in 1973. But technically, we're The Old Ladies Home doing business as Ashland Terrace because it's just a whole lot of work when you have – you know, trusts and your beneficiaries to, you know, yeah. different people's um, money that they've they've given us. It's a lot harder to change your name on all that paperwork. So we just okay. call ourselves Ashland Terrace. Ashland Terrace. Yes. Because yes. we're on the corner of South Ashland Avenue and Ashland Terrace. Yeah. So it, it makes sense. Back then, though, I believe it was called South Ashland Extension. Maybe they named it that because of us. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good history of, of Ashland Terrace. Yeah. How is the history being preserved and carried on? Or So um, we have two great pictures in my office of 522 West Short okay. and 712 High, West, West High that I show people every time someone comes to tour. I always try to mention, hey, we've been around in some capacity, we yeah. know, since 1849 yeah. during this second cholera mm-hmm. epidemic in Lexington. And people that are coming to look around for a family member or just, you know, a business associate, mm-hmm. they're really impressed by that. They're, yeah. they're like, well, you all have been around that long? Because not many things yeah. tend to stay around that long in Lexington, it seems. And if they do, maybe they don't have the original mission that they yes. once had. Yes. And our mission has always been to care for those in need in some capacity. Mm-hmm. And although it might not have started out only women, very shortly after, it seems, mm-hmm. in the you know 1870s, we were only caring for women. Yeah. So um, I, I take great pride in that, and that that's sure, something yes. that we've... Mm-hmm. Um, continued to do, and we offer a very great service to Lexington today, yes. even. so. Yes, and can you talk to us about uh, the service just briefly? Oh, yeah, so, um, so we're an independent living retirement home. Mm-hmm. We have 35 residents, okay. 35 capacity. We are like one big family. Okay. <laughs> it's very community-oriented. It's being independent living. We don't have any medical services, so it, it does help foster that senior sorority environment, which is nice. Um, We have three meals a day for Mm -hmm. all the ladies, transportation Monday through Friday, housekeeping, and linens once a week. So ladies kind of just do their thing in this big home, Mm -hmm. and we have activities and outings, and we do fun stuff and have parties Mm -hmm. and eat together and share life together, really. And so, it's like having grandmothers exactly. for me because I'm only 25, but it's like having a lot of grandmothers. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And each one has her own yes. living space and, and they're free to come and go as right. they please. And, yeah. Each yeah. lady has their own room, but mm-hmm. we encourage them to use the living room. We have an upstairs parlor. Mm-hmm. We have a beautiful veranda that looks over the Chevy Chase area. Mm-hmm. And we have a public cutting garden that's... Yeah. Um, behind our parking lot, just right outside our building, and it's actually the only you pick public cutting garden that I know of in Lexington. So people I come, did not know about that. That's interesting. Yeah. Is it just like a flowers and so yeah, people can snip flowers, and we also have some raised beds with herbs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and who takes care of the garden? The so lawn. our former director um, of twenty three years, Rick McGee, mm-hmm. she's a master gardener, and she oh. still is out there in the garden. Um, although she's not in the building very much, <laughs> she's still out there. I saw her this morning actually. <laughs> so she takes very good care of it, and we also have a lot. A lot of volunteers, several volunteers from Ashland Terrace, actually, mm-hmm. ladies that go out and help. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Nisa, for your yeah. information and giving us a little piece of Lexington history. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. I'm happy to share it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Have a good day, guys. 
Thanks for listening to Tales from the Kentucky Room, a podcast brought to you by the Central Library's Kentucky Room staff at the Lexington Public Library. If you enjoyed listening, please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. If you have any questions about local history or genealogy research, you can visit us in the Kentucky Room to use our collection and newspaper microfilm, or you can email us at elibrarian at lexpublib.org. That's elibrarian at lexpublib.org. I'm Miriam, and we'll be back with another trip down Lexington's memory lane.